Welcome to the Talking Technology Podcast with NCBI Labs. I'm your guest host for today, Sean Doran. On today's show, we have Kyron O'Mahony, Chief Technology Officer with NCBI, Adela Bulliman, a QA tester in IA Labs. And on today's podcast special, we're going to discuss all things Smart Hub. Now, Kyron, you've been on the show uh, many times before, but could you give us a little bit uh, an introdu- introduction about yourself? Thanks, Sean. Um, uh, as Sean said, I'm Kyron O'Mahony. I'm the Chief Technology Officer with the National Council for the Blind of Ireland. And so basically that means that uh, I am responsible for all the technology that staff uh, use and all the systems within NCBI. But more importantly, uh, I'm responsible for technology training and innovations for service users. So I joined in in 2019, uh, first time working in the charity sector. I also suffer from some sight loss myself. I have congenital nystagmus, so that works out about 17% of normal vision. Um, and um, I kind of live by the single mantra in NCBI, which I, I do firmly believe that technology is the biggest enabler for someone with sight loss. And, and that is something that we, we've been sort of following ever since and like introducing lots of new technologies and like that's some of the technology we discuss in this show with, with the Smart Hub. But uh, before we get to that there, we also have uh, Adela on the call. Adela, this isn't your first time on the podcast, but we'll get you to introduce yourself again. Yeah, so I'm Adela. I'm one of the QA testers in IA Labs, which is the digital accessibility arm of NCBI, where we try to make uh, the internet more accessible for all people uh, one website and mobile app at a time. And I also lead the Smart Hub project. Thanks very much, Adela. So what was the thinking behind the Smart Hub project? Like, what did you identify and what solutions did you research? Do you want me to go with that one, Sean? Please, Karen, if you can. Yeah. So um, the MyNCBI Smart Hub really is, it's kind of the first time I think that we're aware of that um, a charity in Ireland has has built its own AI-based um, voice technology. And we're really excited to, to bring that to, to all of our service users. Um, so the thinking behind it really came from, it actually came from our service users. And it came from feedback that, you know, Sean and I, and even before, when it, before Adela joined the team, you know, so many service users are reaching out to us and saying, you know, these these smart devices, Amazon Alexas and and Google Homes are so enabling. You know, they're they're allowing people to listen to the news or read their audio books or tell the time or ask what the weather is. And they were becoming a great. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They're becoming a, a, a great source of independence, you know, um, and I, I use them myself and. And Sean and I had been talking and we knew we knew for a long time that NCBI really, you know, um, had to be at the forefront of, you know, innovation when it came to technology, as opposed as opposed to just changing it. So the My NCBI Smart Hub really kind of developed that concept, you know, developed that concept where can we actually provide not only information on site loss to people with uh, uh, a smart device, but also you know, how can you access NCBI services? And we sometimes just everything just kind of aligned with this project. We we really had so much feedback from service users about how they loved smart devices and how they really wanted to use them um, more and more. We thought, how about if you used a smart device to get 
accurate information on site loss, which NCBI is obviously one of the leaders in, but also access to the access and information to the services that NCBI offer. And, and when we kicked off the, or when we kicked off, we weren't actually responsible for the, the pandemic, but when we were in the midst of the pandemic, it became even more important because, you know, access to technology was just, um, you know, it is an expensive thing. So this one really meant that, you know, a service could be provided to you using a device, which is, you know, 30, 40, 50 euro um, as an entry point. So it really made a huge amount of sense to to do something in that. So that was really the thinking behind us. We knew that the service users that we were talking to loved smart devices, and we wanted to make an application that would run on them that could be useful to service users. And after all, these devices, Amazon Alexa and Google Homes, they're inherently accessible to people with sight loss because there's no screen, there's no, no, there's no visual elements. And I, I suppose that's a, like a very important thing. Like we know from uh, NCBI's background in training people and, and using technology that we can train anyone to use any piece of technology, but there, there's always a, a, a learning curve involved where that's using magnification or you're using a screen reader. So something like an Alexa device, it's purely voice interactive. It's like there's no real resistance. It's, it's set up and a person can interact with our services. Yeah, that's that's so true. Um, and it, you know, it's it's interesting. It's probably the most complicated part of of a smart device is setting it up. But once you're once you're set up, um, it's just an accessible tool. There's a great example um, that that I always always talk about is that um, you know so many people you know you know been having that. Ugh, <laughs> really lost my train of thought there. But what I was trying to say is, um, if you look at, let's say, for, for example, I want to listen to the news. Someone who is fully sighted might open an app on their phone or they might turn on the radio, you know, and there's no obstacle. But let's say you, you're you feeling the buttons and you, the buttons aren't labeled or there's nothing, there's nothing that's, um, that's tactile in that, you know, just being able to say, hey, Amazon, or hey, hey I don't want to say the word in case it triggers people's devices, but, you know, hey, Amazon, play RT News or play Today FM or, you know, it's such a such a, a small little thing, but each one of these are gradual bits of independence that people have or, you know, what's the time, what's the weather, et cetera, you know, and <clears throat> that they are all just inherently accessible on a device like a, a smart device. I, I know I always use the example that everyone who listens like with um, Alexa devices that I would say things like remind me to take the wheelie bins out on a Tuesday night because I will forget otherwise. I think <laughs> even so, even something as small as that there is very beneficial and everything that we'll be bringing with the smart hub is going to be adding so much extra to it. I suppose mm. one of the main benefits of a device like um, an Amazon device or a Google device is the relative low cost compared to other technologies. Have you, have you any kind of points on that, Kyron or Adela? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think for low cost is a, is a huge benefit of this technology, you know. Um, you know, it's like a, an iPhone or if you want to get an Android phone of any level of quality, like you're going to spend upwards of six, seven hundred euro, you know, to just to have a phone. Um, similarly to like a desktop computer, whether it's a Mac or a PC, if, you, if you're so inclined, like they're just, they're, they're very, very expensive, expensive pieces of technology. So the barrier to entry is quite high. Um, and I think that's, that's such a huge benefit of, of this type of technology, voice technology, that it is, it is a lot cheaper to, to, um, to purchase. 
What would you say, I, Adela? I think I agree with all your points there. I mean, the, the cost, the ease of use, there's so many benefits to having uh, a speaker rather than other other types of technology that you you have to be trained on or spend a lot of money on. Now, I detected uh, some subtle undertones about Android and, and uh, PC use, but that's for another show, so we're not going to go into that. Have you, have you let all the, seeing as I'm, I'm here again on the on the Talking Technology podcast, and we've kind of kicked JP off for the day, in actual fact, it's a well-deserved break. Um, but have you informed all the listeners that coming soon is the iOS versus Android, Mac versus PC battles version, is it three? So that, that's something to listen out for in a future show. It'll be the, the, the final debate, or will it be, will it be more to follow? But yeah, no, that's absolutely going to be well, planned for. Won twice so far, like Apple and <laughs> <laughs> has won I, twice. So let's go for the. Is it the hat trick? Is it, yeah. I, I, I don't remember being carried away in my shield, but um, I, I wouldn't remember <laughs> something like that anyway. But, uh, <laughs> um, but what you said about smart up there to start it, that's um, Qualcomm was was actually you said. A charity has not used a piece of technology like this before in this manner. But I feel actually there's no one who's used a piece of technology in this manner before, even outside of the, even large organizations outside of charities. I think this is a fairly innovative piece of technology that we are implementing. Yeah, um, and that's that's really one of the one of the things that was so interesting around this project is um yeah, we we don't know for sure. Like I I know some like our counterpart in in the UK have released small uh, voice apps, <clears throat> but and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about them. But one of the things about the MyNCBI Smart Hub is that, to the best of our knowledge, no one has embedded so many features, both charity or private sector, in voice technology. And even the 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 company that that we worked with to build the device was, was so supportive of that because we really wanted to challenge the capabilities of what you could do on Amazon Alexa and Google Home and see how far we could take it. So if if I give people a few few examples of some of the wealth of features that are available to people with sight loss and their families on the My NCBI Smart Hub. So you, you can do things like ask about NCBI and tell me about the history of NCBI or um, you can ask about information on, on it. Well, my Google in the background has just kicked off. Um, uh, I'm not sure if that was picked up on. on, on <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, but uh, interestingly, it found a lot of the results, results on search, but didn't show anything. Um, <laughs> but what you can do on the My NCBI Smart Hub is that we keep updated information on, on all types of, of site loss. You know, so you can say things like tell me about nystagmus or tell me about the types of, you know, eye conditions. Tell me about the symptoms that you would expect for it or or even treatments that are available. So NCBI has a has a network of of community resources workers around the country. And Jean Kiernan was instrumental, who was a CRW in NCBI, in, in making sure that that information was as up to date and accurate, but also the you know easy to understand as well. So, my NCBI Smart Hub really represents like a a key pay, place of information on site loss, and that's not just for service users. That's for you know their family and friends as well. And like if you know it, you know like anyone, if you if you Google let's say congenital nystagmus, which is is my condition, you'll probably get three and four million 
results. And how are you to know what's what's accurate and what's up to date? But that's where the MyNCBI smart code comes in and allows you to take, you know, control of of that and and have a single source and a single source of truth on information on site loss. I, th- I think that's a very good point. Like uh, as everyone on this call is like a, a technologist, we can be a bit kind of rough around the edges on points like that. So like someone like Gene coming in to read through all that material, to rewrite a lot of it, that that was only adding extra benefits to the end product for who anyone is going to be interacting with, with, with this voice model. And like we know that the, this was a large undertaking. Like So outside that there, what sort of planning and research went into, went into the Smart Hub project? Um, I'd say, I mean, ultimately, I mean, a project of this scale, um, which it took, I think, from the very inception or the concept when we went out to fund, you know, try and find how it would would be funded, um, I'd say you were probably looking at about March 2020 until um, it's going to be fully launched on May the 19th. So you're looking at, you know, a year, year and a half, maybe in total, Sean, would you say? Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I, I know like we did a lot of research very early on in terms of, like we're saying, what types of technology would you, we would use and what would be the best user experiences like you, you were discussing there. And we kind of opted for voice models because we were saying, you know, we can teach anyone to use pieces of technology, but this is actually, you know, you're you're interacting straight away as a conversation. So we 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 had to speak with a lot of um, people within NCBI to to scope out the full service offerings within all within all departments of NCBI. Actually, if you if you don't mind me asking you a question, Sean, um, just to take take the MC MC hat for a second, you use the term there that people mightn't be usually familiar with, which is a voice model. What really is a voice model? Well, a voice model, like if we look at um, our phones or our computers, like these are our programs and there's going to be like, you know, user interfaces and that's often referred to as UI. But like a voice model is, it's a similar process. I mean, you're planning a computer program out or you're planning an application out, but it's in a purely conversational manner. So Alexa works or uh, Google will work in that manner where, you are speaking to it and it's answering questions or you're asking a certain subset of questions and it has a certain subset of responses to to move through that. So what we do then is we plan out each conversation, everything we're building into the application to make sure that it will always feel like a natural conversation and you're not going to get lost or stuck anywhere within that. So that's like a voice interaction. Mm. And I think, like I know when when, when you originally asked me the question just regarding the um regarding the, the the research really the research that we did before we we tendered for a company to build this for us um like you know there was many many whiteboarding sessions to figure out what what can we do a lot of research and technical and desk based research to to figure out you know what are the capabilities of of the Mayan, you know of the Mayan by smart hopes so you know, this really was a huge piece of, of technology research because nothing like this had ever been done before. But also we wanted to make sure that it represented, you know, key features that service users would want, you know. Now, luckily, I do have sight loss myself, so I can have some level of 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 insights into what it's like. But a lot of what we brought to bear on, on this project was really the culmination of years of of asking service users, you know, 
what support they need or what technology would help them. Absolutely. And I know you made a, a major point at the start of this project that, you know, not only are we asking NCBI what services we are offering and how to best represent that, but what do our service users want? And we were taking turns. I know you did some of them, Karen, and I was in some of, them, some of the technology clubs around the country and, and, other, and other clubs that we, we would set, sit in on and talk about our plans for the Smart Hub and, and receive feedback from service users. How, how important is that feedback to a project like this? Oh, I'd say it's absolutely critical. I mean, there's, there's, um, it's, it's a diff, it's a difficult one, and it, it, but it's also a hugely important one because you want to hear it also, you know, you want to hear exactly what obstacles um, service users have. You want also want to hear, you know, what, um, how they use, you know, of the service users that have smart devices, how they use them, and then again of those that are looking to to buy a smart device what they want out of it so you kind of take a, a lot of that information and the other thing that we found as well is that <clears throat> there's also ncbi is, is a big organization we want to make sure that we can we can provide that information by means of a technology that's that's easy to understand and i think for this particular project you know research was was a key part of it but also because this is kind of a first of its kind you know, you kind of have to take a little bit of a leap of faith in in terms of how it works. And you know what? I'm actually really interested in to hear um, Adela from your side because I think when when you joined originally NCBI and now obviously IA Labs, but when you joined the the company and you saw the the Smart Hub for the first time, you know, when you came on board, like what was what was your initial impressions of of what we were doing and what we were building? I really, I thought it was pretty amazing, honestly. Like, not you know, not to <laughs> toot our own horn, I guess, but um, yeah, way. I mean, it's it, it's <laughs> it's such an innovative idea, and you might have used the uh, term disruptive technology earlier. It's you know, it's completely new, and it's it's looking at the world in a completely different way. Um, and yeah. it it wasn't something I was used to, you know, um. Thinking, well, here's a group of people who who work a different way and they have a different ability, and let's kind of take that and and use it to our advantage. Um, but I thought it was really great. I, I know, like the way my brain works, and we and I can jump around on tangents here, and I probably set this meeting or interview on a tangent. Like Adele, you mentioned disruptive technology there. Like to someone who doesn't know what disruptive technology is, that kind of sounds like a negative. But is that a negative disruptive technology? It's not. I think um, maybe disruptive has uh, bad connotations, but really all it means is change. And a lot of times change can be really, really good. Sometimes the way we do things is outdated and bringing a new way of technology and communication and interaction uh, into our lives can only be a good thing. Absolutely. I suppose like, like for people who don't know what disruptive technology is, it's like it's, it's a term that's used for an innovative piece of technology that's different from what, you know, maybe your current organization or, or whatever else is currently using. And it kind of disrupts old ways of thinking. So that's why, like, you know, we were actually shortlisted for a, a Spider Award in disruptive technology for the Smart Hub. Uh, which is, you know, uh, like a, like a, for for a charity to be nominated for these awards, like you mentioned in the past, uh, is phenomenal. But to be nominated for such a category as disruptive technology means that we are building something that hasn't been done before, 
and you know we're moving in new ventures and it's, it's allowing people to then interact with us in a much much easier uh, manner and this was if i was to sort of bring things back around kyron um th- this is a a major project like how is something like this funded yeah i mean and and working in the in the charity sector um and trying to to build software i mean and and i've built many many apps and websites before in my past you know and they're they're not cheap you know um and i really wanted ncbi to to be um to be in the space of innovation and and as sean was saying and using disruptive technology to um support people with site loss but we got to pay for it you know um so we applied for funding um uh we applied for funding to rethink ireland uh, who who had a, an opportunity to, to pitch for uh specific innovations that could assist people through covid-19 and we were we were successful in securing uh 200,000 euros worth of funding from them uh, which is which is just incredible you know um and really you know they believed um in the in the concept that we pitched to them and they believed also that we could do it because taking a chance on on a brand new piece of technology and a brand new thing that needs to be developed is is a big thing to do for 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 funding and that's why we we really wanted to you know make sure we did it right so we had we spent you know not to talk a little bit about the research but we spent so much time and late night and hours and checking and testing and and you know testing again Adela, and testing yeah. again and then testing I remember. again and making sure that you know we 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 didn't waste one single penny of of that investment you know uh, and we really took that so seriously. So I, I also would like to take this opportunity to say a huge thank you um, to the team in Rethink Ireland. Ashton Redmond was our lead and their support throughout the project was was incredible. You know, we we couldn't have we couldn't have asked for a better team to support us. Um and they kept on top of us for reports as they should do. And we we as I said, every single penny we we made sure we spent on delivering a piece of technology that would support people with sight loss. That, that that's absolutely like amazing that we can get someone who who believes in what we're doing and, and backs us like that. So if 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 we were telling a story and we had the idea, we researched it, we got the funding, um how did we find someone to build it? Um, well, is, is it a difficult process to define, define developers who can build something like this? And, you know, basically, who were they and how did they help along the project? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think some of this happened before you'd even joined the team, Adela. But uh, we, uh, you know, obviously this is, this is government funding. We're, we're uh, a government-supported agency. So... And all, we didn't have, <laughs> and this is like the, you know, that you've been given the money, you actually have to build it. So it's, al- it's almost like, um, all this talk that you've had, Kyron, and this idea that you and the team have had, like you need to actually build it now, which was, um, <laughs> kind of terrifying, to be honest. So, um, we obviously ran a, a tender for it, you know, followed all, all procurement guidelines around that and made sure that we, we, we could found, we, we, we found a developer. The trouble that we had, if I'm really open about this, is that, we needed a, a development company to believe in the concept, you know, and support such an important initiative. 
so at the end of the tender process, we had we had eight. Um, I think it was eight. So forgive me if that might be wrong, but eight submissions from companies around the world. But one in particular really stood above everyone else, and that is uh, Kation Consulting, um, based in in Ireland. And it was great to align to uh, uh, a software company that really understood what we wanted to do, but also understood the importance of what we wanted to do and and how building a piece of technology um, like this would um, would support service users and support people with site loss. And um, Kadion were, were amazing to work with. Um, they've uh, they've gone above and beyond anything that we 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 could have uh, we could have expected or asked of them and um they have some other really big clients in Ireland they've they've done and are working on you know Ryanair um Alexa apps there's they worked with the GAA in Ireland and someone who I'm forgetting I think Sean you might help me out um yeah it it's a famous british celebrity who has a, a cooking um skill her name has completely escaped me now too because I remember yeah. speaking speaking so, to Alan and Cathy on about about her voice. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he'll he'll be listening and, and he'll send us a text. But uh, was it Nigella? Uh, no, no, it I don't Nigella. think so. No. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it was it was they were a wonderful team to work with. Um, you know, Alan and Alan Kiernan is their their chief technology officer and 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 our chief architect, and he's he's a founder of the company as well. And is so knowledgeable on voice and um, and voice technology as well, and really guided us through the process of translating the the voice the voice models that and a little bit of dub slipped out there the voice um, <laughs> uh, models into into the, their technology, and really just to say a huge thank you for their support and and helping us on the journey to to build this this project. And I suppose like when, when we were working with uh, Alan and his team and Cathy on like. So there was no problems because that every every problem we encountered they had an instant solution for so that, so that was amazing and they kind of introduced us to things like uh, AWS because uh, like they're a consulting partner with um, uh, Amazon Web Services and introduced us to things like Cognito. Um, could you tell us a bit more about things like um, Amazon Web Services and Cognito and like people are going to be hearing all sorts of terms with smart hub like idps and things like that there and what is the benefit of them what does it actually mean sure um i mean ultimately you know this this project is a technology project and it's a technology project that's built on on innovation so we needed um and for those of you who are out there that, that are quite technical and, and enjoy this this side of things i'll give you some some insights into it. so all of our infrastructure is sitting on amazon web services so Amazon Web Services is, uh, they provide like, you know, um, cloud-based infrastructure for servers and different types of management. And all of our system sits up there, but we've worked really hard. Obviously, we don't want to have long-term ongoing costs on this, so we've worked really hard to keep a lot of that down so it's affordable for something like us as a charity. And in fact, we've, I'd say our, our running costs on such a big system like this would be, you know, in the low low, low hundreds of euros per year, which is insane to have that kind of capacity, you know, so that working on a system like AWS is, is, is amazing. And also, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that Amazon is actually two companies. Um, so Amazon, where you buy um, your books from, or, or now you can buy pretty much anything from, 50% of that business is actually Amazon Web Services, which most companies around the world use for all their uh, servers and hosting. Um, so we chose to partner with them. But just to give people some some insights, um, earlier this year, um, 
sorry, sorry, in earlier 2021, we launched the new ncbi.ie website, and that has a section which is called My NCBI. So behind that really is a concept that allow all our service users a single username and password to log in to uh, all of NCBI's websites, whether that's Bookshare or whether that's ncbi.ie or the Smart Hub. And we're also um, have a number of other projects that are in the pipelines that we're looking forward to announce real soon. Um, but you get to use the same username and password. So that's built on a technology called um, Cognito, which is a... Um, which is an AWS technology, which allows what's called single sign-on. So that ability to sign in with the same username and password. And really, you know, what, what we wanted to do in NCBI is, is, is create this holistic approach to services. So any, you know, any service that you're looking for, you've the same access to it and you don't have to remember 10, 15 different passwords. So it's a really cool technology and it's embedded at the heart of, of NCBI uh, now. That's a great feature because I think we, we've all felt the pain of sitting in front of a login page and thinking, I have 10 emails and 50 passwords and like w which one is meant to go in here. But if, they, if they're all the same email and password, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, so true. And and, and before all this, I thought Amazon only sold books, but um, there's to do a lot more than that, it seems, which is yeah. <laughs> fantastic. So if, if, if we're continuing on the narrative of, of, of telling like the, the, the bedtime story of start start, middle and end. So we've we've got to the stage of building and built. But now that it is built, like everything's in place. Can you give us a rundown of how someone would interact with the Smart Hub and like what a typical user would do on the Smart Hub? Yes, yeah, so you, you can go ahead if you like. No, no, you go, you go. Okay, so uh, first of all, we, as we mentioned earlier, we've uh, loads of information. So you have your site loss information. I think we have about 19 different uh, conditions with general info, symptoms, treatments, um, how NCBI can help you and your family, um, as well as just anything you can possibly think about about NCBI services. You can say something as simple as uh, tell me about the employment services Um Tell me about children's services, technical sales. Um, we really tried to fit in as, as much information as possible so that users don't have to go Googling or searching. Uh, you can just tell her one sentence and, and she'll reply to you. And how, yeah. how, does, that, how does that work, Adela, in, in a conversational manner? Uh, if we are sort of describing how the Smart Hub works, like when, how does it start off? What does Alexa roughly say to us and how do we ask it questions? So the first thing to do is is to launch it. So you say to your uh, device, you, you call her name, I won't say it, um, launch my NCBI or open my NCBI, anything along the lines of that. And you'll hear our lovely little intro music and a kind of menu system where she'll say, oh, well, we have um, core services and children's services and, and so on. Which would you like to listen to? And you, you can just reply which, with whatever word she said that you'd like to hear about. And like when she tells you about these services, uh, you, you can inter interact with that further then, can't you? Yeah, there's a few levels within the, the, the menu as such. So you can say additional services and then she'll list out, you know, uh, library services, day and hub, um, all the different options basically and then she waits and you reply with the name of the one you'd like to listen to 
And like like Karen was talking about, you know, like a, a one password for all. That's my NCBI feature. If you are logged into that while using the smart app, what additional benefits can can you gain from that? So there's two main benefits to having your account linked. One is our callback features. So say you're listening to employment services, you like what you're hearing, you want to know more about it. At the end, she'll ask you, do you want to hear more? Do you want someone to call you about this? And then uh, you can say yes and your details, whatever email you're, you're linked with or your phone number uh, will be sent to NCBI and then a trained staff member uh, can give you a ring and, and give you a bit more information about that. The, the second feature, which I really like, is um, talking newspapers and magazines. So I know a lot of uh, our service users are members of uh, talking newspapers, which is a kind of it's a section of the library. Um, we have 17 different magazines and newspapers uh, with audio recordings of articles. So between our, our 17 uh, newspapers and magazines, we have, I think, thousands of recorded articles on the Smart Hub that you can listen to. That, 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 that is true. And I suppose a, a benefit of having it on the Smart Hub is traditionally we would transfer those recordings onto a USB key, which we would then free post to a service user who would connect it to their, their, their player, like a sovereign player, for example, listen to the newspapers, free post it back to us, which we would then start to process all over again. But having an Alexa device in their house means that they can have access to all those newspapers as they're uploaded. And there's no wait for the postman to deliver those papers to you. So I think that's going to be yeah. a really useful feature for a lot of people. And the, those players are probably an equivalent price to an Alexa uh, or a Google device. But with, with those smart devices, you're obviously getting a whole host of extra uh, services. So... I think that that's uh, an amazing thing. But yeah, exactly. I, I think those, it's my it's favorite one of those features. Feature. I, sorry, Del, sorry, I didn't mean to drop it. You're all right, don't worry. Um, it's one of those features that seem very small, but will will be such a, a help to so many people. Like, so Sean was saying, like, you know, the library at the moment is sending out tons and tons of USB keys and to people that, that um, have players at home. Whereas now you can just ask the MyNCBI smart hub to play the magazine your favorite magazine you know or you could listen to the newspaper the irish times is recorded almost every day by the the library and you can listen to that now on your smart device if you're a library member and i would encourage everyone uh, who's listening today if you're not a library member do do reach out to lena and all the team in <clears throat> in ncbi uh library we've also implemented a great uh notification feature so if you like, um, when, when you're listening, she, she'll ask you, is this your favorite, is sport your favorite genre? Say if you're listening to a sport article, uh, and if you say yes, she'll ask, do you want a notification when one is uploaded? And then you will, you will get a notification on your phone every single time another article in the sports section is, is uploaded, which I think is really nice because you don't have to check all the time. You, you'll know exactly when it's coming. Absolutely. And like we're going to be adding extra library features to the Smart Hub in the coming weeks and months. So look out for them and we'll be discussing them on obviously for our podcasts and in our newsletters as usual. But I suppose I always like I always have to bring the conversation back around to accessibility and it's a key point in anything NCBI labs uh, are involved in. So is there any sort of accessible um, 
well, it's anything that hindered the project from accessibility point of view? And if so, like how, how was that overcome? I think so we put a, we had an accessibility at the forefront really um, throughout this project. So even our, our back end, our IDP that we mentioned is we tested that completely for accessibility and, and Katian, who we spoke about earlier, implemented all of those accessibility features. So even if we have staff members who are visually impaired or blind, which we do, um, they're able to use our, our systems and, 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 and still do the work that's needed. But another thing we found was as, as great as AWS were in, in some aspects, um, their their UI wasn't accessible. So their their actual login platform to sign up wasn't accessible. And we we reached out to them for many months, and uh, n nothing was changed. So we looked in a different direction, and we found Auth Zero. Um, who are accessible, and we ended up wrapping the entire kind of system in in an Auth0 UI. So when you go to the NCBI website or your your smart device and you click sign up and you see that login page, that that's Auth0, and and they made that accessible for us. So that so that was obviously paramount that everything's accessible, but definitely the first point as a login had to be accessible. So like you said, yeah, we had to wrap our login with another login to, to allow that to happen. But even everything, like we tested everything, even from like the like, like onboarding process. So onboarding would be when you have your phone and you search for an application and you install the Amazon um, application or the Google application, and then you look through them for skills and actions to install. We had to make sure that that was completely accessible and uh, Adele, I know you and the team went through that to, to, to no end to check that and um, yeah. you found no issues with that. No, I actually think the Alexa app is quite um, quite good in terms of accessibility. You can find everything quite easily. The uh, things are labeled. And like, I suppose like going forward, like we'll always look for more and more improvements in accessibility and always try to make things as, as easy as possible. And Kyra was discussing the, the My NCBI feature, and that sounds like it's going to get bigger and bigger and better and better as we move throughout the months in NCBI. And I think we'd have to dedicate a whole show to talk about all the features that we have sort of planned out in the in the, in the coming months to improve that there. So we won't discuss it on, on, on this show. But if you're looking at Smart Hub solely, so this is Smart Hub version one that's going to be released uh, officially now uh, in the next week or so. But if we are looking to version two, um, can you discuss any sort of plans around version two of, of the Smart Hub? Yeah, well, I will admit I have a massive list of uh, <laughs> things to implement. The project definitely is not not stopping here. Um, uh, we're only starting to have users, service users, uh, use the skill now, and they've been slowly bringing back a bit of feedback. We've also got some feedback from technology groups and stuff. Um, that we'd like to implement. Um, one of the things is I'd, I'd love if e e the virtual clubs could be done through the device, through the skill, so you don't have to go to your laptop and start up Teams and so on. Um, and other things like that, every single thing that our service users are bringing back to us, um, I'm putting on that list for, for version two. And I, and I suppose, like like you're saying there, like. Like feedback from the testers was 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 
critically important for us like that, you know, this bit was difficult, this bit was easy, this bit could be improved and we were working mm-hmm. and we, we have improved a lot of them. But like you were saying, the, when people started using it, they had ideas for more features to be added and whether that's more library features or you know, a, a great feature that was mentioned to us that we'll have to add to the to a future release was a love of all the JAWS shortcuts um, and keystrokes. I could ask the device, what is the keystroke for such and such or what is the iOS gesture for such and such or the talkback gesture for such and such and then it'll be delivered back to you because as good as we all are and we, you know, we remember you know, 80% of the keystrokes that we need, there's always just one that eludes us and I think that would be a really useful feature for, for everyone and they're, they're the kind of things that are, are getting suggested from us from feedback where people are currently testing it and uh, from the technology groups. So just just before we kind of wrap up with the whole smart hub thing, is there any, anything else you'd like to speak about before we before we do wrap up? I think um, would would it be good to talk about how people can get a smart device directly from NCBI? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things that. Um, yeah, we'll make this project successful is how many people that we can um, give a smart device for too. So NCBI have about 300 devices and that number is growing um, to give away to service users who are registered with NCBI. So if you don't have a, a smart device, um, you know, you can send us an email smarthub at ncbi.ie and we'll uh, and take note of that and see if we can get a list to you. So there's no there's no mystery in terms of how we're allocating them. It's purely, there's two criteria. is you must be a registered service user with NCBI. And additionally, you must, uh, it will be, sorry, it will be a first come first serve basis because supplies are limited. And we're hoping to um, keep um, adding additional devices to the list. But please, if you'd like to um, get a free Alexa device, um, to email smarthub at ncbi.ie. And that, that's fantastic. I mean, there's going to be many people out there who don't have access to something like that there. And just the whole the whole slew of features that my NCBI smarthub will add to someone is going to be very useful. And just like we were discussing around the device itself, you know, it, it, it's just so useful to have. Um, so, yeah, anyone who does need one, um, Contact the email address that Karen said there, and you know, we will get one out to you as soon as possible. Um, so, so. I, the other thing I'd like to say, Sean, is um, just a huge thank you to um, the NCBI team uh, and all the work that they've done on, on bringing this together, specifically to yourself, Sean, and Adela. Um, this was being a, a huge project to achieve. And to build the project or build a product the way it was done has been professional from the outside. And just I'd like to say a huge thank you to you and all of the team who worked on on Smart Hub, YNCBI Smart Hub and, and making it a reality. It wasn't an easy project and it's had it's has had its ups and downs, but I'm thrilled to be launching it. And this product is launching, oh by the way, guys, in case you're it's other you, you're listening to the podcast before it's launched or the day after it's launched, but we're launching the My NCBI Smart Hub on Global Accessibility Day 
which is the 19th of May. So from the 19th, it, it is the 19th of May, Sean, isn't it? It is, yeah. Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And it'll be available to everyone from that time. And what I'd also say as well, like, like Adela was saying, and, and you both said, is that we want to make this system as useful as possible. So anyone that has any feedback, you, we listen to every single piece of feedback that comes in. Um, just send an email to smarthub at ncbi.ie. Um, and the one final feature that we haven't talked, spoken about yet, but I'd, I'd love to have a quick discussion on it if we still have time, Sean. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm speaking now, I suppose, to any of the other charities or organizations that are listening now. Um, a really important feature of the, the My NCBA Smart Hub is the technology is built to be transferable to any other organization. So you don't have to invest and 200,000 euro like like we were lucky enough to receive from Rethink Ireland for a couple of, you know, a few thousand euro, I'm not sure the exact cost, we can apply that same technology to your organization. So if you're a if you're another disability support provider in Ireland or you're um, outside of Ireland, NCBI can give you a copy effectively or what's called in the in the technology world a white labeled version of this technology so you can have your own version of the my ncbi smart hub for very very little cost so um do reach out to us because i think that's it's a feature we don't speak about a lot but it's an incredibly powerful feature of the my ncbi smart hub that it's transferable to other charities but in ireland and internationally and i'd love to be having a conversation this time next year where we're saying it's now, you know, working in 10 other types. It's supporting other disabilities, you know, whether, whether they're motory or, or auditory or whatever the case may be. But this technology can be applied to many, many charities at very, very low cost. So one of the biggest benefits of this entire project is building a technology in a mechanism that can be transferable. So if you're interested and you, you're involved or even if you've got, if you're a friend or family member of someone with a disability that's not sight loss, do reach out to us, smarthub at ncbi.ie. That's actually a, a very uh, good thing to know, Karen. It's something we, we will have to tell more people about. But that, that's a fantastic thing to be able to to sort of share this technology with people because it, it is so new. Like, and, and if, we, if we talk about disruptive technologies again, like it's so important that other people are using things like this because it is such an easy thing to use. And like so we've we've sort of done the hard work into research and building it and getting help from uh, from Cation and Alan and his team that it only makes sense that we pass this on to other people and, and allow them to you know, reap the benefits. So just um, like to thank all our listeners for listening to this special edition and to apologize for my lack of uh, hosting skills, but hopefully, you know, that that will improve in future when uh, we do these special one-off shows and I can maybe have another go. Um, but we'd like to thank everyone for listening. And if you have any questions, like Karen says, it's smarthub at ncbi.ie. Any feedback or device requests can go there. And as usual, if you, have any, if you need any technical support from NCBI Labs, you can contact labs at ncbi.ie as usual. And we're more than happy to help uh, with, any, with any of your needs. And if you need any help with like Alexa or Google setups, etc. So... Thanks very much. And for future podcasts, uh, we'll be sending out uh, in the newsletter the next uh, shows, features, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, thanks very much, everyone, and goodbye.